Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. We think it's going to encourage and inspire you. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax, enjoy. So if you have a Bible, you can follow along. We're going to be in an Old Testament book called 1 Samuel. If not, it's going to be on the screen behind you. 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says this. It says, the Lord came and stood there, calling at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Come on, can we clap our hands for the worship team? Thank you guys so much. So glad you guys could be here. Hey, you guys can take a seat. Man, just honors you guys could, could be with us this morning. My name's Harrison. If you're new here, I'm the pastor. And uh, to reiterate what our MC said, I don't think it's a mistake that you're here. It's a super special weekend, and uh, I'll let you guys know why in just a moment. Uh, but before we get there, um, I'll just tell you guys a little story. So for those of you guys who don't know, uh, my wife, Christy, anyone know my wife, Christy? Come on. Amazing lady. Uh, she's from B.C., uh, British Columbia. We don't hold that against her. Um, and so one thing that we do as a family is uh, at least twice a year, we, we make our way out to B.C. because all of her family's out there. And so uh, we went there about four weeks ago. And uh, B.C., she's from a small town called Ashcroft. Now, Ashcroft is so small that unless you know someone from Ashcroft or you're a truck driver, you probably haven't heard of Ashcroft. But that's where she's from. Beautiful little small town. Beautiful weather. We're talking like high 30s. Like it's a desert. Like it's just super nice. And so um, what made this vacation different than other vacations is before we went to Ashcroft, um, we stopped uh, in a place called Sun Peaks. And Sun Peaks, British Columbia, is about half an hour outside of Kamloops. And we were there for three days celebrating her stepfather's 60th birthday. Shout out to Oscar. Don't know if you're watching. Um, but so like any trip, any of you guys ever go on a trip, you have to pack for said vacation. Now, in my younger, inexperienced years, when I used to pack for vacations, I used to just pack as much as I possibly could. Like, I, I, you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I used to pack for what might happen, like every single occasion, every single type of weather. In my more older, experienced years, I've realized that uh, if you just do a little planning ahead, you can pretty much, especially if you're going for a week, you should be able to fit everything in like a little duffel bag as opposed to the big suitcase. And so uh, what I did, like I do for all of my trips now, is I went and I looked at the weather in Ashcroft, and it said, 30s every single day, so I said, awesome, shorts, and t-shirts. Sun Peaks, I had never been there, I had never heard of Sun Peaks, and so I went to Christy, who's been to Sun Peaks, and I said, hey, Chris, what is Sun Peaks? And she said, well, it's a resort just outside of Kamloops, and so I said, okay, cool, so I looked up the weather in Kamloops, same thing, every single day, high 30s, and I'm like, okay, it's a resort just outside of Kamloops, and so it's high 30s, resort, when I think resort, I think beautiful lakes, I think beaches, and so I packed shorts, t-shirts, and muscle shirts, and uh, then we left, uh, and we made our way uh, to BC, and so we got there um, Saturday night. Uh, late, like technically early Sunday morning. Then we went to bed. We woke up at about 5.30 or 6 in the morning, not because we're spiritual or praying, but because we have twins. And so um, woke up super early, and we went um, 
outside. And so as soon as we opened our door of our hotel room, I was hit with this blast. And it was the air conditioning. And now I've felt air conditioning, but like I have never felt air conditioning like this. Like it was literally freezing. And so then I went and I checked my phone and my phone said that it was plus two. And I was like, this has to be some kind of mistake. And then it said the high for that day was plus 17. And I was like, this has to be a mistake. And I said, Christy, where are we? <laughs> now, Christy, a little bit sheepish because she's been there. She said, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happening. So we went, we made our way downstairs and uh, we went um, and as we're walking through the halls, Christy's like, yeah, we've been here before, but I've only been here in the winter. Um, it's a ski resort. And so when she said resort, I had a completely different picture <laughs> than a ski resort. That was just, and I'm like, just, that's, that's one small detail you forgot to mention, Chris. And so we went downstairs, and uh, again, Christy's feeling kind of bad, and so she's trying to make things better. So she asks one of the guys that works there. She says, hey, is it always this cold? And the guy looked at her like it was the dumbest question he'd ever heard. And he said, well, ma'am, we're actually 2,000 meters above sea level. He's like, so yes, it's usually this cold. And I looked at Christy and I said, yeah, Christ, we're 2,000 meters above sea level. <laughs> and all I have is shorts and a t-shirt. And so for the next three days, I had to wear the one pair of jeans and sweater that I had every single day. Now, the reason I'm telling you guys this story is because what I want you to understand is that it is very important to realize and to understand where you're going. Because if you don't know where you're going, you will never be able to prepare for what's next. And so that's why I'm super excited that you guys could be with us here this weekend. Because this is a very special weekend here at Kingdom Church. This is our vision weekend. Now, the reason we call it Vision Weekend is if you're here in the building right now, it's Vision Saturday. So pumped you could be here to our online church community watching Sunday morning. It's Vision Sunday to everyone else that's really behind. It could be Vision Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever. But we're so happy that you guys could be here. As a church, we have a tradition where once a year, and we do it in September, we come together and we just say, hey, God, what do you have for us for this next year? And the reason we do it in September is because our church, Kingdom Church, we started in September 2018. And so if you do not know, next week, come on, somebody, we're celebrating two years as a church. And so we're going to party next weekend. We got some special stuff planned. You do not want to miss it. And so what that means, though, as a church, we are entering into year number three. And so I believe that God has a vision for us for year number three, and I'm so excited to share it with you guys. If you guys um, have been a part of Kingdom Church, if you've listened to us online, uh, one thing that you will hear in our language, in our lingo, uh, we always say, Kingdom Church, we exist for the one. Anyone hear that? We're for the one. And so where that comes from was last September, that was the vision that God gave us for the year. As a church, we're going to be for the one, for the one person that needs hope, for the one person that needs healing, for the one person that needs to experience Jesus. We exist for the one. And when we shared that vision, when I shared that vision, I don't think I had any idea that it would turn into more than a vision. It's a rallying cry. And it's really everything that we believe in and it embodies our culture as a church where we exist for the one. 
And so as we move on to this new year, we're not really putting for the one behind like that was last year. For the one is who we are. It's why we exist. But I'm excited because although that was our vision and we're not leaving it, God does have something new for us this year. And the beauty of God, and I said this last week, is that God wants to take us from place to place, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And so I'm super excited to share our vision for this next year. God has something fresh for us. Now, I don't think I have to tell you guys, but um, I mean, our world has changed, but specifically our church has changed in the last year. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped that there are people that weren't even here for our vision weekend last weekend or last year. Like you had never even heard of Kingdom Church. Like I'm excited, I'm happy our church has changed so much. We have a whole new community online, some of whom we've met, some of whom we've never met. And so God's been doing things. God's been changing things. God's been changing lives. In this last year, we've had baptisms. We had decisions for Jesus. And so things have changed a lot. It's been, it's been a crazy year. And it's not just within church that things have changed. It's outside of church. Right? Like our world has changed dramatically. I don't think I could have ever imagined preaching and everyone has masks on. I don't think that was, I never even, that wasn't ever in my, in my vision. I never could have imagined that for four or five months out of our year, we wouldn't even be meeting in person. Everything would be online. And so this year, there's been so much change. So much has happened. It looks so different. And so the question I've been asking God, I said, God, how can I have vision when I don't know what next looks like? How do we have vision when everything is changing so rapidly? More so, God, how do we plan in a pandemic? But I'm so happy that the beauty of our vision, and vision in our context, vision means a direct revelation from God. And so the beauty is when it comes to vision, I don't have to see what's next because God's already been there. And the beauty of planning in a pandemic is I'm not the one that has to plan. God is the one that supplies the vision. And I believe, come on somebody, I believe that God has a vision for us as a church. Is anyone ready to hear it? Come on somebody. I just have this belief that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And so what I do every summer, I come to the Lord And I just kind of begin to ask God, like, God, what's the vision for this year? What do you have next for us? Now, I'll preface a lot of times when I say that I go to speak to God, I make it sound like me and God have this direct line of communication. Like, I pick up, like, hello? Um, A lot of times when I come to God, there's silence, there's frustration, um, and it's a process. But I came to God in this summer, and I said, God, what's the vision? What's the vision for this next year? And as God began to open my eyes and my heart, I began to have something stir in my spirit, and I began to think, Um, this word just kept coming to my my mind, miraculous, miraculous, right? Like this is going to be the year of the miraculous. And as I began to think about it, I'm like, yes, like in this time, in in this season when everything's crazy, when hope seems lost, when there seems like we don't know what's next, God wants to do something. There's going to be miracles, the year of the miraculous. Yes, I'm going to share that and everyone's going to clap. But, but... One thing I've realized is that God has this way of taking us on a journey from where we think we're supposed to go to where he actually wants us to go. And so our vision for this year is not the year of the miraculous. But it's a part of it. And so what I want to do now is I want to share the actual vision. Because what's been happening, especially these last few weeks, is that God has been stirring in my spirit. 
what, what the vision actually is. Amy's been asking me for songs for this week to match with the vision. And what I kept saying to her, I said, it's not clear yet. Like, I think I have it, but like, it's kind of changing. And so I have it. I have the vision. I'm going to share it with you guys. And when I share it, I don't really think anyone's going to clap per se. I don't even think you guys are going to get excited. But once I explain it, once we believe it, and once we receive it, I have a feeling it's going to get loud up in here. So our vision for this year, it comes straight from the words of 1 Samuel chapter 3. And so I'll read it again, verse 10. And I'll give us more context of this story as we go along. What you need to know in this story, God has been calling Samuel. And finally, Samuel responds. And so the Bible says in verse 10, it says, The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. So listen, here is our vision for this next year. Here is the statement that we're going to come around that God has put on my spirit for this church. It's so simple. It's just this. It's speak. Lord. Speak, Lord. Like I said, I didn't expect you to clap. but <laughs> Now, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to really get into this. You see, when I say our vision is speak, Lord, it's more than a vision statement. It's a rallying cry. It's a plea. It's a plea to say, God, I don't know what's next in this season. I don't know what the next 12 months look like. I'm scared. I, I'm nervous. I'm living. But speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, and as I began to reflect upon this vision, I figured there was nothing better in a time of uncertainty, a time where we don't know what's next, than we can have a vision that is strictly on God, where we say, God, I need you to speak. Speak, Lord. Now, here's the thing, and this is where it gets kind of hairy, especially if, you, if you've been around Kingdom Church for a long time. Our culture, we try to keep things really simple. We try to make things accessible to everyone. And so when we say speak, Lord, that's probably one of the most like churchy things we've ever said in the history of our church. So it's like very Christian, like speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Um, but the reason I think it can be really churchy, and, and this goes for church and unchurched people alike, but the idea that God speaks is something that for a lot of people, it just doesn't make sense right? Like I wholeheartedly believe that God called me into, into the ministry. And I remember when I told one of my friends, like I felt like God spoke to me. Um, he thought I was doing acid, right? He's like, what do you, like, what do you mean God speaks to you? Like, what does that, what does that even look like? And, and, and I know it's not even just people outside of church. I know there are people in church. It's like, I believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus. I believe that there was a virgin, all these things, but I just don't really know if God actually speaks to us. Like, that sounds far-fetched, that sounds crazy, that sounds out there. Does God really speak to us? Now, the answer, I believe, to the question is yes. I believe it's unequivocally yes. And, and I could share many passages of Scripture that, that point in this direction, but I want to just show one. This is Jesus speaking in John chapter 10, and he says this. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. This is Jesus. He says, anyone that follows me, my sheep, my, my, my followers, they know my voice. The only way we could ever know his voice is if God speaks. And I believe that God speaks in many ways. God speaks through, through music. God speaks through, through the messages, through sermons. God speaks through, through, through the word, through Bible. But I also believe at times God speaks directly to our spirits. 
It's that small voice. It's that impression. It's that feeling we can't get away. And so Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. They will hear my voice. And so our vision for this year as a church is we want to hear the voice of God. And it's not just me. I don't want to just hear the voice of God. I believe this vision is universal. God wants each and every one of us to hear his voice. Where people get in trouble is where they believe only people on a platform hear the voice of God. That's where the guy starts telling you to drink Kool-Aid and all these crazy things. But what the Bible tells us is all followers, all that believe, he will speak. He will speak. Speak, Lord. The question is then, if God speaks, how do we hear? And we're about to go on a journey after, or after next week, and we're really going to break this down. But for today, um, I want to break it down uh, a little bit, and we'll go more in the next coming weeks. But what I want to do is I want to answer this question. If our vision is speak, Lord, how do we hear his voice? How do we hear the voice of God? For that, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is what it says. Verse 1. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, look at this, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. The word of the Lord is, was rare. Now, I have this belief that God's always speaking, but the question is, are we listening? But it says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. And I wonder if those days, for a lot of people, are kind of like these days. Where it's like, I hear this idea that God speaks, but I've never heard him speak before. I've never had those, those moments. I've never had those impressions. But listen, this is for everyone. For everyone. Even in the days where it does not seem like God speaks, I promise you God speaks. And so the question again is, how do we hear? And I believe when we understand this, it will change everything. Verse 4, it says, the Lord called to Samuel. This is what happens. The word of the Lord was rare, but Samuel, who's a young boy at this time, he's 12 or 13 years old, he's sleeping. And as he's sleeping, the Lord called Samuel. He said, Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And then Samuel ran to Eli. Eli was the priest. And he said, here I am. You called me. But Eli's like, wait, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lie down. Again, the Lord God called Samuel. Samuel got up again and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. It's like, bro, it's the middle of the night, that wasn't me, go to bed. <laughs> Verse 7, look at this, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Listen to this. God can and will speak. The question is, are we listening? You see, this story is supposed to be humorous. The fact that God is speaking, but Samuel thinks it's Eli, that's supposed to be funny. It happens a first time, that wasn't me. A second time, it wasn't me. Like, calm down, Shaggy. Third time, he goes. <laughs> Third time, Samuel goes. And again, Eli says, it wasn't me. Here's what I want to ask, friends. I wonder, especially for those of us right now, we're listening. It's like, does God really speak? I wonder how many of us God has spoken to, but we just missed it. We just missed it. Three times it happens, and it says this, verse 1 Samuel 3. It says, finally, Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. 
So Eli told Samuel, he said, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went down and lay in his place. So right here in this moment, I believe Eli gives us three ways, three things that we can do in order to hear the voice of God. You guys want to hear them? First things he says is this. He says, Samuel, go and lie down. This might be God, so go and lie down. Go go back into that position. So here's the first thing I want us to understand. If you want to hear the word of God in your life, put yourself in the proper position. Put yourself in position. We need to be in a space, we need to be in a place where we can receive what God has for us. Listen, for a lot of people, you may be asking yourselves, like, why do they tell us to raise our hands? Why does Harrison tell me to stand up when we read the passage of Scripture? It's because the Bible all the time talks about posture. To receive, it's literally to receive. And so what, what Eli is saying to Samuel, he says, go and lie down, put yourself in position. Now, whether we know this or not, I believe every single one of us, we have hot spots where we hear the word of God. We have places, we have moments, we have spaces where God speaks most clearly. In my life, I got two places. You want to hear them? Number one place where I hear God the most clear is when I'm exercising, when I'm running and listening to worship music. That's when I hear the voice of God most clearly. Number two, my other hotspot is in my car when I'm driving, listening to worship music. And so it's the same theme, it's, it's worship music. And, and it's not just any worship music. I listen to it so loud that Christy wonders if I'm going to be deaf after. But the reason I put it so loud is because the louder the music is, the clearer God is for me. That's my hot spot. And so what I want to say, what I want us to understand, what I want us to, to, to ask ourselves is where and when are the places and the positions where God speaks to me the most? Where is it? For, for some of us, I know it's actually in this building. It's like, man, church, kingdom church, this is where I hear the voice of God. I hear him clearly through the message. I hear him clearly through the worship. For some of us, it's like, man, it's alone in my basement. It's on my knees. It's next to my bed. It's with my journal. Whatever it is, we need to put ourselves in the proper position to hear the voice of God. Here's the ultimate irony in my life. These are the two places I know God speaks to me the most. First one I said was running. I have had babies for 10 months now. Um, I exercise and run rarely. I think twice. And so, listen, I know that this is a place, this is a thing where I can hear the voice of God, yet I don't always do it. My car, number two, I know that when I have that worship music blasting, God's going to speak, but I also love listening to TSN 1260 on my radio. And so I'm caught in this battle. Anyone been there where it's like, I know what I should do, but this is what I actually do. And so for so many of us, we know, I know the position I need to be in, but I don't really want to do it. Like I talk to so many people and I know there's, there's different spectrums of this, but I talk to people all the time and it's like, man, I know that when I'm in church, God speaks to me, but like, I don't really want to go right now. And and I get some people have health reasons and we love you online. But I've literally talked to people and they said, the reason I don't come to church is because I don't like wearing a mask. And I said, that's fine. But if this is the place where God speaks to you, are you really willing to miss out on what God has to say because it's an inconvenience? 
So listen, that's just an example for so many of us. I know it's like, man, I need that quiet time in the morning. I just don't want to set my alarm. Listen, if we want to hear the voice of God, we say, speak, Lord. The question is, are we listening? Are we putting ourselves in a position in order to hear the voice of God? Because here's the thing, friends. Whatever it is, and some of us are saying, I don't know what my position is. Talk to someone. Ask someone. That's the beauty of community. That's the beauty of a body of believers. We can say, hey, how have you heard God in your life? What works for you? It's like this. If, I, if, if someone was telling me, like, hey, I really want to lose weight, right? Like, I was asking someone. Like, I looked in the mirror, not feeling the dad, but I really want to lose weight. I can say it all I want until I'm blue in the face. I want to lose weight. I want to look good. I want to have my beach body. But if I'm not willing to diet, if I'm not willing to exercise, what am I really saying? And so when we say, speak, Lord, there's this, if, there, if this is true, if the God of the universe really speaks to us, the question is, are we willing to make the adjustments in order to hear his voice? Put yourself in positions. Because listen to this, if God actually speaks, write this down, I can't afford not to hear his voice. If God truly speaks, I can't afford not to hear his voice. So first thing, put yourself in position. Number two, let's go back to the same verse. It says, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. It's position. Then he says this. This is really important. He says, and if he calls you, and if he calls you. This is the big thing. This is really important. We cannot assume that God is going to speak to us at any given time. He says, if God speaks to you. You see, one of the biggest things and one of the biggest reasons people don't even attempt to hear the voice of God is because they say, well, Harrison, I want to hear God's voice, but what if it's just me? What if it's just, what if I'm just hallucinating? What if I'm just making this whole thing up? And so here's the first thing. We cannot assume every thought comes from God. Everything is, can I tell you something? If you said, you know what, God told me to be with this person, but he's a little bit abusive emotionally, spiritually, physically, but I think God wants me to be with him. Guess what? That wasn't God. If some guy comes up to you and says, you know what, the Lord told me you're supposed to be my second wife. I still have my first wife. That wasn't from God. So here's the point I'm trying to make. How do we know? He says, if, this is really important. How do I know it's God speaking? Test the fruit. Test the fruit. In other words, it's this. What does it produce? If the voice of God is telling you something and it does not produce good fruit, it wasn't the voice of God. It was me. Listen, I've had times in my life where I'm like, yeah, 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 that was God. That was God. That was God. Time goes on. No, 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 no. That was me. That was me. (laughs) That was me. Test. The fruit. I heard a story. Um, I read it a few weeks ago, and it's about this famous um, missionary. He's actually Canadian-American, um, but he went from America to South Africa. And as the story goes, this was back in 1908, uh, this man, he began to have dreams, and in his dreams, he was preaching in South Africa. And as the days went on, he kept having the same dream, and so he began to think to himself, maybe this is more than a dream, maybe this is a vision from God. And so what he did, 18 days after the first dream, he got his whole family together, his family of eight, and they set out towards South Africa. 
Now, when they finally got to immigration, this man had a dollar fifty in his pocket. And he knew that in order to get through immigration, it cost $125 for his whole family. He had a buck fifty in his pocket. And so he needed a hundred times what he had. But he felt like it was the voice of God, and so he went. And so as the story goes, as soon as he got into line at immigration with his whole family, a dollar fifty in his pocket, he didn't know what was next, someone tapped on his shoulder and handed him an envelope with $200 in it. But that's not the end. They got through immigration, but when they landed, when they arrived in Johannesburg, South Africa, they still had no place to stay, no place to live. They just went there on a prayer. But as the story goes once again, as soon as they landed, as soon as they got off their train, they stepped out into Johannesburg, and a lady was there to meet them. And she said, hey, I don't know you guys, but I felt like God told me to come here and I need to give you a place to stay. And as the story goes, this man became one of the most famous missionaries in all of South Africa. And eventually he came back to America. He planted over 40 churches. And uh, he's one of uh, the movements of the fathers of faith in South Africa. But the reason I'm telling you guys this story is you need to understand something. Just because he got a vision doesn't mean it was from God. The reason that we know it was from God is because of the fruit that it produced. It's because when he stepped out, miraculous things happened. It's because God made a way when there was no way. Listen, if you're worried, is this me or is this God, just test the fruit. I'll let you guys know this. I said we're about to celebrate two years as a church. And so for us, there was a great sacrifice for me personally to start this church. But the question that I asked myself over and over and over again, I said, is this me or is this God? Because I don't want this to be for me. I want this to be from God. But what I had to do eventually is you just have to step out. But here's the thing why I know it's from God. The reason I know this is from God and not from me is because at every turn, whenever hope seems lost, God makes a way. It's because lives have been changed in this place. It's because chains have been broken. It's because people have found hope and people have found healing. And that doesn't come from me. That comes from God. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Test the fruit. Touch the person next to you. Say, test the fruit. Test the fruit. Our vision for this year is that the Lord would speak. And I just believe that when he speaks, amazing things happen. So one more thing. Same verse, verse 9. Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, position. If he calls you, test the fruit. He says, but if he calls you, if God does speak, he says, say, speak, Lord for your servant is listening. Here's the thing, and this is probably the most important thing when it comes to hearing the voice of God. If we want to hear God speak, we need to be ready to respond. We need to be ready to respond. What Eli said to Samuel is you can be in the right position, you, you, can, you can know that God is calling, but if you don't respond, you will miss everything. Listen to this, church. The quickest way to stop hearing the voice of God is to stop responding. That's the fastest way to stop hearing God move, to stop hearing God work in your life is when we stop responding. But I just have this belief that when we respond, amazing things happen. The story that Megan told this morning was not a coincidence. When we respond to the, Megan is her name, Andrew. <laughs> when we respond 
to the voice of God, amazing things happen. And I promise you this, even if you have a long history in church or a short history in church, God has called you. It's that urge that says, I need to call someone right now. It's that urge that says, I need to text someone right now. It's that urge when you see that guy pulled over and something says, stop. It's when you see that guy giving money and you think he's scamming, but someone says, stop. Give him something. It's that urge, it's that voice that says, start doing this, stop doing that. You need to come to church today. That's the voice of God. The quickest way to stop hearing the voice of God is to stop responding. But when we respond, that's when amazing things happen. So listen, we told you guys a few weeks ago, um, briefly, because the story wasn't complete, um, so I'll tell you the whole story now. Um, as a church, we were able to help um, assist in this mother getting a car. Um, and so this last week, I was able to get the whole story. And so I want to share with you guys the whole story. Can I do that right now? So this happened two weeks ago. Um, I was in my basement on my laptop, and I got an email. And it was a group email from um, all the pastors in St. Albert. Now, y'all can pray for me, but a lot of times when I get those emails, I don't really look at them. Like I said, pray for me. I should have a better heart, but... Um, but for whatever reason, I decided to read this email. And in the email, um, it, it was from um, Lena Haley, which some of you guys know is the founder of Kaleo Collective, which is a nonprofit here in St. Albert that helps single moms. And in the email, um, it was asking, it was just saying, hey, there's a single mother. And um, just told her whole story. She came here um, as an immigrant, and she's a single mom now. She has three kids under the age of five and uh, working a minimum wage job. She has um, no vehicles. She's busing everywhere, yet she's making things happen. Um, we want to get her a car, but we need some money. And so the email was sent out to all the pastors in St. Albert. And whenever I was reading this email, for whatever reason, um, I felt this urge and I felt this push from God that said, hey, we can help out. And I felt it twofold. I felt it personally for Kristen and myself, and I felt it for the church. And so I went upstairs and I said, Chris, I told her the story. And I said, I think we need to help out. And Christy said, yeah. She's like, we should probably cover the whole thing. And I said, get behind me, Satan. That's a lot of money. <laughs> but what happened in that moment is that Christy was confirming what I was already feeling in my spirit. Because I didn't really feel like we should help out. I felt like we could cover the whole thing. Us personally and, of course, the church. Together, we could cover this whole thing. And so what happened is that we gave um, ourselves and then we figured out how much the church could give and by the grace of God, we were able to cover everything. And so I say that all to say we, we gave some finances, but really um, Kaleho Collective, Lena, she's the hero, um, the dealership here in St. Albert that hooked it up, heroes, all the other people that stepped in, heroes. But it was awesome and it was amazing and I kind of thought that was the end of the story um, but I met with Lena this week and she gave me permission to tell the rest of the story. And so what happened was a few days ago um, they were able to go and pick up the car and then they took the car to get registered. Now what you need to know about this single mom is that she says that you know she believes in God but she's not a Christian, she's never been to church, doesn't have that background. And so what happened is they went to the DMV and they went to go get her a license plate and uh, she got the license plate and when she came outside, she came back to Lena and she was crying. And she was doing something really weird. She was rubbing her license plate like this, almost like a baby. And so Lena said, what happened? 
And she said, well, I went into the DMV and I asked them, I said, did you guys make a custom license plate for me? And they said, no, this is just random chance. And she said, well, the license plate is the initial of my mother and it's my initials. That's the license plate. And she said something profound. She said, as soon as the DMV gave me this license plate, she said, I knew for the first time that God was the one that wanted me to have this car. And so last Sunday, um, this mother, she actually went to church for the very first time here in St. Albert. And uh, she loved it. She got plugged in. And uh, we're just believing that God wants to change her life. But as I saw that story and I heard the whole story, what I realized is that the whole story balances on the obedience of a bunch of different people. It's a whole bunch of different people. When God speaks, we have to respond. But here's the beauty. When we respond, God shows up. When we respond, God does things that we could not even imagine. So here's the thing, because remember, I told you guys, I was like, man, I feel like this is going to be the year of the miraculous. What God had to show me was this. The reason our vision for this year is speak, Lord, is because our life, our vision for this year is about faithfulness. It's about being faithful in every little thing. Where is God calling us? Where are we supposed to go? Because here's what I realized in life, faithfulness always precedes the miraculous. And so what that means is if we are faithful to hear the voice of God, God will show up in ways that we could not even imagine. God will do more than we could ever dream, think, or imagine more than we could ever even comprehend. So listen, listen, listen. Because a lot of times on these vision weekends, and if you were here last year, we announced some big things. I'm here to tell you I don't have anything big to announce. But I believe that as a church, both corporately and individually, if we grasp onto this vision, this vision that says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. If we pull this out, God will begin to speak to us and God will begin to do things in our lives. He will make things happen that we could not even believe, we could not even dream. And so listen to this, church. I believe in this season, in this time of uncertainty, we are about to see the miraculous. But it begins with faithfulness, with faithfulness. So right now, if everyone could just stand. I believe God is always speaking. And so right here, right now, maybe there's someone and you feel like God's been pulling on your heartstrings. And maybe for you, you've been running from a long time. Like I felt it, but I don't, I don't, no, 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 no. Like this, this defies logic. I can't follow God. I can't follow Jesus. What if our year of faithfulness started now for someone? And so right now, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. We want to give you the opportunity to respond to Jesus and say, God, I've heard about you. I've heard about your faithfulness, but today I want to follow you. I want to give you my everything. So if every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm just going to count to three right now every single person in this room that is follower of Jesus is praying they're cheering you on as you make this decision but as I count to three if you want to give your life to Jesus just show me your hand in one two three just show me your hand thank you 
thank you. Hey, why don't we pray this prayer together for anyone that wants to give their life to Jesus. Say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need you now more than ever. I give you my everything. I give you my wins and I give you my sins. Make me a new creation. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands for everyone that made that decision. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you want more information, we would love to get in touch with you. So why don't you head over to kingdomchurch.ca and connect with us today. Until next time, take care.